Your Partner in Success Radio is a free business podcast with host Denise Griffiths. It's all about great stories, conversation, and context to help you move your business and life forward with actionable tips and advice from her guest experts. To listen and subscribe, just find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you consume your podcasts. When we are crystal clear on what we want, our yeses are stronger and our noes are easier. Tracy Brown. Welcome to your partner in Success Radio. I'm your host, Denise Fitz, and this podcast is ranked in the top 2% of the most popular podcasts globally. And I'm very excited to share that because it's honestly, it's all about my incredible guests. And I am honored and blessed to share time with people who are at the top of their game and they join us to help you get to where you want to be in life and in business. Now, these are not people who hold back at all. Their goal is to share with us the essence of peak performance. And today, I get to welcome to the show Tracy Brown. Tracy is a number one best-selling author. I have her book on my desk and an international mindset award-winning motivational speaker in the mindset industry. Her signature speech, I can't talk, her signature speech, The Disease of Playing Small, is featured on Amazon Prime Video Series, Speak Up Season Number 4. Now, Tracy is a United States Coast Guard veteran, and after many years of undiagnosed PTSD, she was educated as the Director of Physical Rehabilitation and has been working for over 25 years to help clients get free from physical pain. And for more than a decade, she has specialized in pain reduction via scar tissue therapy. We're going to talk about that, as well as helping others move from the pain of playing small to the joy of playing full out, increasing joy and growth personally and in business. Her mission is to help individuals and business leaders understand that we have great power in our choices. And when we apply a positive mindset, excellence in our language, we're going to talk about that as well and joy in our endeavors, those choices will serve the highest good for all. Tracy, welcome to your Partner in Success Radio. It's good to have you here. Oh, it's great to be here, Denise. I've been excited for since we set this up. We tried, just so our audience knows, we tried on Monday, <laughs> and we had techie failure after techie failure. So here we are. Yeah. And in our virtual green room a few minutes ago, I think we both did a small prayer, like, let's make this work. <laughs> so let's see how far we get with this. <laughs> because your story is so fascinating. Book, and I have it on my desk, Rescue to Recovery, a veteran story of hidden scars and personal discovery. I'm going to get out of your way and let you tell people who you are and how you got to where you are now. Well, I appreciate that <clears throat> so much, Denise. And, you know, uh, it's it's very interesting. We, we When we were talking Monday, we were talking about trauma. And, and you know, my my trauma journey, if you will, started when I was uh, what I call my first remembered trauma was when I was eight years old. I was severely burned. And uh, it was uh, – I was in the hospital for months, and uh, doctors didn't know if I was going to make it or not. And, and uh, you know – uh, I tell the story that imagine if if you had five kids in a house and a babysitter and all of a sudden one of the children were on fire and and what do you do well back in 1969 when this happened there was no 911 and imagine you know 911 and no 911 and you've got a child on fire so um it wasn't just a trauma for me it was a trauma for everyone in the household one of the kids ran and got the neighbor and took me to the hospital but, and then, you know, my mom gets there and all, you know, so anybody that's even around a trauma actually experiences some sort of trauma. And it used to be the, the, the statistic used to be 70% of the population um, experienced trauma somehow, some way. And 20% went into a trauma loop, with, which is PTSD. And I don't like to use the D because we'll get into that a little bit more, but, but that's post-traumatic stress disorder. And, you know, I believe that after this pandemic and whatnot, gosh, 100% of the population really has experienced some sort of trauma. And so those numbers exponentially go up. So um, I think trauma is a big part of it. And and I really made a lot of my discoveries. Uh, After the Coast Guard, I went into uh, physical therapy. I became a director of physical therapy rehab. 
And in working with patients, I realized that a lot of the traumas, not just um, when I was burned because I had some really great doctors, but afterwards in, in the Coast Guard doing search and rescue, a lot of those scars that were on my heart, uh, what I call insults to my soul, um, they they started uh, manifesting, or I started seeing that the similarities be, similarities between physical uh, trauma and emotional trauma. And so I really, that's when I really, really started uh, diving into really working on healing my own traumas, but really understanding how I can help communicate um, the similarities. And, 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 you know, when I, when, when I got out of the Coast Guard, it was 1987, and we really didn't talk about trauma. We didn't talk about post-traumatic stress. You know, you got a dental exam and a physical exam, and, and you know, I hope you have a great life. And, you know, the problem with that is, is that traumas tend to build on each other. And they don't just go away, just like an injury. So when I was doing a lot of my scar tissue therapy, which we'll get into that some more, I'm sure, um, I realized that when there's an injury, like, a, like, like say you sprain an ankle, if you don't address it, it it's never going to really go away. You know, I've got, I've got patients that say, yeah, you know, my, my, my hurt ankle or my hurt knee or whatever, it just acts up in the wind, in the weather. Right. And well, that's just because scar tissue continues to grow physically. And unless you address it, it'll shut down the motion, uh, the range of motion in that articulation, that joint that, that is affected. And well, emotionally, that happens with us with trauma. We lose our emotional range of motion. You know, we shut down more and more, and that's part of the uh, the speech of uh, the dis-ease of playing small is that with these traumas that build and build and we don't necessarily address them, a lot of times they shut down our emotional range of motion, and it makes it very difficult um, for us to um, interact with people um, maybe in a more common or, or I hate to use the word normal, but in a common way. We, we shrink back and our world becomes smaller and smaller. And that's what I had realized um, before I wrote my book, that my, my world was getting very small because I was not reaching out and being a part of society. I was not a participant in my life. I was an observer. So I guess that, that would be a launching point from where we can start. <laughs> I, I'm, you ought to see me. I'm scribbling like, I had to scoop my cat off of my pen. Um, <laughs> I just, I did not know. I had no clue that scar tissue continues to grow. That's brand new to me. It takes up space. It's very interesting in the body. So, so it it shuts down your range of motion. It gets less and less because it's taking up more and more space. Kind of like trauma's doing. Trauma, right, right. And listen, and I agree with you after this whole COVID shutdown and all the crap, and I'm going to say it with capital letters, crap, mm-hmm. that our global governments are pulling on all of us, every yeah. single country in the world. I, we're all suffering at some level. I mean, we know we're being lied to. We know we're being, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on that should not be happening and between that and already being worried about shutdown and money and blah, 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 mm-hmm. it's easy to play small because it's safe. You just kind of shrink in. I, look, I've been known to do it. And then I have talks with myself. I sit myself down and say, now, Denise. I call it the come sometimes. to Jesus moment. Yeah. I have those too. And, you know, sometimes yeah. Denise yells back and, you know, we have a yeah. dialogue yeah. going on. You have to be aware of it is my point. You know, all of a sudden you yeah. don't feel good. Everything. I think we talked about this just real briefly within our last couple, three talks, that <laughs> we're living in a world that literally is experiencing what I call low-level dread. We wake yeah. up and, you know, we turn on the news, which I'm going to tell you all right now, don't turn on the news. And yeah, turn all of a sudden, unplugged. turn it off, cut off cables, shut it down. You can get your news elsewhere. Yep. Not the American media. I don't trust them. But when when you have to say, this makes my stomach hurt, pay attention to mm-hmm. that and do something yeah. different. Yeah, well, we were talking uh, <clears throat> on Monday, we were talking about that. I truly believe that we as human beings are wired for joy. And when yes. we're isolated, because we're, we're, we're relational beings, human beings are created to be relational. When we're isolated, shut down, shut in, 
um, it creates uh, an anxiety and it creates uh, what you, you call a low-level dread. I call it a low-level depression, and that is a characteristic of post-traumatic stress. Is you know that depression, that 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 cloud that feels like it's over you, it's like you just can't there get out go. of it. And I feel right. so many people have that that low-level depression. They don't know what it is, you know. And I liken it to like when you have an injury. When you initially have an injury, that spot right there where you got hit, it's like, woo, that hurts. Well, over yeah, and you're time, paying attention to it. It's it's and you're paying attention in your to mind. it. Right, and that makes it yes, worse. it's forefront. Really? Yeah. But what happens over time, if you don't address it, it, that pain refers out and it gets more and more general. And then you can't pinpoint it. It's just that dull ache that's there. And, and as a physical therapist and somebody that physical, I, I'm more of a physiotherapist, but we can get into that if we want to. It's not a big deal. But here's, here's what happens is somebody will come in to see me and they'll say, I, it just hurts in this area. And I ask them, can you point with one finger where that injury is? And they can't. It's in a very general area. Well, that's kind of how we all feel right now with this general dread or depression that's over us. We can't pinpoint it. And that's what's really kind of frustrating about post-traumatic stress. That's what's frustrating about trauma is not not everybody, I mean, everybody's very different in the way that they, they um, express it. And it's one of those things, it's just so general, you can't pinpoint it. And that's why it's so important to to really talk about it and to, and if it's really deep, talk to somebody that's, that knows how to navigate those things because we don't. That's not our job. There are people out there, and I've learned through great therapy with the VA, that, that there are people that really understand how, how the nervous system and how the body and how the brain and mind and emotions all work together in this world of trauma. So it's hugely important for us to address these things in order for us to play bigger and bigger and bigger in our life. Let's go to, I mean, we're going to go into how we address these, but everything that we're talking about right now, it occurs to me, mm-hmm. as it always does, that everything that happens in this world, good, bad, ugly, and horrific, is all man-made. Mm-hmm. It's man-made. Yeah. yeah. And that yeah, bothers really me more is. than I can tell you because, you know, you grow up, you're a child, and you want to trust everybody around you. You want to, my mm-hmm. came from a very politically interested family and I knew a lot about politics before I was really even in school and I always thought that oh you know these people are so smart they're so articulate I came to realize that when they're talking and they're really expanding they're just bullshitting is what they're doing excuse me I mean they're finding pontificating they're pontificating (laughs) that's a polluter way but they're also finding a way to say nothing much at all without with sounding you know very very good once I mm-hmm. figured that out, I was like, oh, really? But we live in a man-made world that is getting very messy and very painful. It is. And, and, and that's, you know, and I believe they play, well, we talked a little bit about this. They play on fear. I mean, everything that we Absolutely. look at is fear porn. And, it's, and, you know, we talked about, you know, the, the whole, when COVID started, it's like you just saw that scroll of just death and this and that. And it's just like that is not what we were created to do. We are created in joy and we are wired for joy. And so there's this confusion. You know, when we see all this terrible, there's this, there's this disconnect that happens, I think, in our brain and our hearts that it's just like what is, what is going on? It's, it's so contrary to who we are as human beings. And I think, you know, it really comes down to we – we have to use our mind to to guide us. And this is why I've really gone into the mental health, not really mental health, but mental fitness um, industry is, you know, mindset is when somebody talks about mindset, even when I first started getting into this, it was kind of like, ooh, ah, what is that? But right. fitness made sense to me, you know, the, the fitness of the mind. And, and we have to exercise it just like we would exercise the body. And so that's what I do. Is I, my, my whole thought process and teaching is on how do we exercise our mind to serve our highest good? That's, that's the bottom line. How do I get this to serve me in the highest good rather than take me into the depths of despair and leaving me there, you know? And so we can, and we can exercise our mind just as we exercise our body. It's just, there's just different, different methodologies and different things that we can do. And there's some very simple things that we can do that don't cost anything. 
And, you know, those are some Give of us, the things that I teach. Right. Give us, you know, some examples if you would. For me, one of the biggest examples, and I had to teach myself this, believe it or not, was just mm-hmm. sheer unmitigated gratitude. You know, I was always thankful for everything, but I didn't yep. express it. And I'm one of yep. those people, I don't sleep a whole lot anyway. And mm-hmm. when I mm-hmm. jump out of bed every morning, I would jump out, hit the floor, and my mom would say, oh, God, the devil's away. You know, you know she's here. <laughs> she's out there. Oh, geez. And I had to, and this actually happened with one of my podcast guests probably about 10 years ago who had a terrible illness. He was going to die. He was told he was going mm-hmm. to die, and he decided not to believe that and he did what he needed to do you know he sought you know surgical intervention and you know he did some of the things he was told that he needed to do but what he did was he went full on into gratitude he's still around he's cured he's fine and I went huh how come I do that I'm not ill there's nothing wrong with me that other than you know being an idiot some days but you know, I thought, okay, so now, Tracy, when I wake up every morning, I have to stay in bed. I make my stay. I mean, I don't have to do it anymore. I just automatically do it. But I had to teach myself to stay in bed, cat on my bladder. I was pretty sure I was going to die. And yeah. speak, speak my gratitude out loud mm-hmm. for as long well, as I could. Word. Yes, and I, I use them the out Bible loud. Says, yeah, well, the Bible says, and God spoke. And XYZ was created, right? The spoken mm-hmm. word is extremely powerful. Our mind can play games with us, but this goes back to the power of choice. You know, we have great power and we can choose any time we so choose to make a choice for the better, for the greater. In it's the moment. Easy. Literally simple, in the moment. But it's not easy. Yep. In the moment. And so that, that to me is, you know, I have a choice. I always have a choice. Even Mandela, I mean, you know, the guy was in jail forever, and he chose to be free in his mind. And so he was a free man, and he you know, even said it. I was a free man. I may have been in prison, but I'm free. And because we have the choice to do that. And so making those choices, making the choice to be in gratitude. And, you know, I, I remember, you know, my, my, I love my grandfather. I loved him dearly. And he used to always say, you got to be strong, you got to be strong. Well, when I was in the depths of despair, in, in my deepest, darkest depression, it's like I would love to be strong right now, but I don't know how to get to strength, you know. And then I started realizing, you know, and in, in, I, I refer to the Bible a lot, I read it a lot, but the joy of the Lord is our strength. And well, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm depressed. How do I get to joy? Well, the gateway to joy is gratitude. The mm-hmm. only way you get to joy is through gratitude. And the only way you can really get to great strength, real strength, is through joy. Joy is the highest vibration the human body can experience. Okay? If you go to uh, talk about Einstein, everything has a vibration. Everything has a frequency. Well, the highest frequency in the human body, the highest frequency in the universe is joy. And so you get to joy through gratitude. So one of the first things I teach people, it's like start every morning. And there were times I was so depressed, Denise, I got to tell you, the only thing that I could think of was I'm thankful for a warm bed. I'm thankful for warm water, and I'm thankful for a roof over my head. I'm so grateful for these things. And I did that for a very long time. Those three things, that's all I could come up with. But you know what? It's a start. So it's not, it's, it's, it's not what you're grateful for. It's that you're grateful. And so the gratitude yeah. starts to shift things. And so I start my day every day, three things that I'm grateful for. I say my prayers for the people that I love. And then, then the, when we start to go into playing bigger, then I start to set my day in my mind. So I'm, I'm big on, on visualizing. I, I used to play um, semi-pro softball, and uh, we played a lot of league games, and, and, and we'd have a lot of fun. But we had one year where our team decided that we're going to visualize our game an hour before we play it. We're going to play it in our mind before we even play it. And so the coach would stand there and say, okay, Tracy, you're up. Where are you going to hit the ball? And what are you going to get? You're going to hit a single, double, triple, home run. What are you going to hit? And, and we played the whole game, and before every game that we played, we played it in our mind, and we went undefeated that year. And it's pretty amazing what you can do when you set your mind. Again, there you go with mindset, right? When you set your mind. But you do that through mental fitness. 
you start to exercise your mind and you start to exercise your choices for your highest good. And you're paying attention to how you're speaking to yourself. Look, I've Absolutely. said this on the radio. That language, yeah. It does. And I've said this multiple yeah. times because it's important to me. But, you know, we all have that internal dialogue going on. And mm-hmm. two things. This is why when I'm speaking my intentions or I'm speaking my gratitude, I say it out loud because I'm out concentrating loud. on the words and I'm not concentrating on the 40 different things that just cross my mind, none of exactly. which are important. So that's yes. a habit. If I, and, you know, I live yeah. alone. I can talk out loud. I've got cats. They think I'm okay. They love me. <laughs> well, they listen. It's fine. I suspect they look at me and go, what? But do yeah. that. Yeah. And, and then I visualize. I did it this morning. Yeah. You know, I visualize mm-hmm. what we were going to talk about. I visualize the yeah. rest of my day because I've got segments of my day. I've got a lot going on right now. And if I don't yeah. visualize it and get it sorted out, I'm walking around going, well, crud. What was next? Yeah. Well, now what? Well, it's that great saying, you can't hit a target you can't see. Can't see. Right? That's so you've, exactly you've right. Got to We're see sisters, the I'm convinced. Yeah, I'm convinced. You've got to see the target before you can actually hit it. And so you've got to, you've got to put that, that picture in your mind. You know, what do they say? Shoot for the stars and hit the moon. You know, so it's, it's, these are important choices, but they're all choices that we make. And so, you know, and, and going back to language, that, that's one of the other things I teach is, you know, excellent. My, my three key, what I call business strategies or, or strategies of life are, you know, mindset creates direction. How you think, as you think, so you are, right? Those who think they can and those who think they can't are both usually right. Um, uh, excellence creates empowerment. And excellence, I, when I talk about excellence, I'm talking about excellence in your language, speaking in the positive rather than the negative. And I play it, the, I call it the, the language game, which is in any, any type of circumstance when I'm talking, I do my very best to use nothing but uh, positive words. So instead of saying, oh, you can't do that, how, do, how can I turn that around and say, you know, it would be better if you did it like this instead of like that, Right. So trying to take all those negative words that you possibly can out of your sentences, and it, and it makes you focus, like, like you say, it makes you aware of what you're saying. You know, slow down in our speech and, and, and be specific and be, um, oh, what's the word, be very uh, aware of what you're saying. Be, 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 be aware of what you're saying. You know, be, Speak with intention. be positive. There right. you go. That's the word I'm looking for. Be intent in your words. And so it's very, very important. And, you know, my third one is, is fun creates sustainability. You know, fun is, the fun factor is lost on so many people. You know, fun and joy. And, you know, so many, do you know the statistic that 85% of the population hates what they do in life? They hate their job. I know. I 85%. know. 85%. It's like, are you kidding me? You know, when we, when we are doing what we love, when we absolutely do what we love, I believe it was Napoleon Hill in his master class, um, he quotes um, that even if you dig a ditch, if you love what you do, the joy of it takes the labor out of it. And so if we love what we do, we're going to be highly effective in what we do because we're going to have so much passion for it and so much care to do it well and to serve in, in, in our highest capacity. And imagine, imagine if that 85% of people that hated their job was flipped on its head and 85% of the population absolutely loved and enjoyed what they do. Imagine where we would be as a society at that point. I mean, that's a huge number. It is. It's depressing. It really is. <laughs> I, I can't even well, imagine it. Be what, be what, yeah, but, but it takes, it's, it's the ripple effect. If, if one person listening to this podcast decided to go, you know what, I'm going to make choices that are going to lead me towards the thing that I want to do in life and that I will enjoy for the rest of my life. When you love what you do, you never work a day in your life, right? And so, Dolly Parton if, or somebody. Imagine. <laughs> See the Dolly Parton or what is the, the He was quoting lady, somebody. Uh, I'm not sure who the, where the quote came from. But, uh, but it's Mary Kay. It, I, I think, think it was uh, Mary Kay. 
Yeah, but it's amazing. If we would all just start making, even just the thought of it, the visualization, start in the first thing in the morning. If I lay down, and and I did this when I first decided that I'm going to be, I'm going to write my book, I'm going to become a speaker, I'm going to do these things. I I saw it first. I saw the target. I started visualizing and, and saying to my, you know, speaking to myself in positive ways that, this is the direction I go. This is where my passion lies. This is what I've been wanting to do my entire life. Let's do this. And, and you see, so I take it a step it further, a Tracy. I don't say I'm mm-hmm. going to. I say I am. I'm doing it. I'm already in it. I am. I'm in, in it. the present. Mm-hmm. That's right. It works. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer in suggestions versus affirmations. Uh, and partially because affirmations are really great. The problem is that there's a lot of resistance within ourselves because we don't believe it. And if we don't buy in, we'll resist it. But we can buy into a suggestion. So a lot of times, like somebody told me, uh, you know, just look in the mirror and say you're beautiful. Well, I don't buy that. But I can tell myself and I can buy in that I'm becoming more beautiful every day. Uh-huh. And so I can buy into that. I can buy that. So I'm becoming more and more successful every day. I'm becoming closer and I'm closer and closer to the the joy of my life every day. I'm getting closer and closer to my my amazing life in in business every day. I can buy into that, and then I can move forward in that. I can move towards that because they, see, they've already discovered that behavioral mod- modification doesn't work because no, there's too I've much in the subconscious. Yeah. Well, there's too much in the subconscious that holds us back. We're only functioning in 10%. 90% is subconscious, which drives us. So we've got to get beyond. We've got to, we've got to bypass, right, the, the, guard, the gatekeepers. So And we are the gatekeepers. The, the sad thing is yes, we, we are. are the gatekeepers. And that takes well, me back to my second point about, you know, the words that we use. Yeah. You know, I, oh, listen, I mean, I seriously, if I spoke to myself, if anybody Let's say in a Walmart mm-hmm. parking lot spoke to me the way I catch myself <laughs> speaking to me, I would need bail right. money. Somebody's right. nose would be bloody and it wouldn't be mine. Right. So yeah. we have to be careful that, how we, but we speak do that all ourselves. The time. It starts in the subconscious because somewhere, somehow, some way, somebody has suggested to us that we are this and that. You know, you, can, you can't do that. You'll never be able to achieve that. Who said that? Maybe a parent, maybe a grandparent, maybe a friend, maybe somebody that was really significant to you. Well, who are they? You know, you're not the boss of me. <laughs> and that just reminded me in. of, we do, and that reminded me of, of the power of words because one of mm-hmm. my words that I really hate to use and try to avoid it is the word can't. Yeah. Now, I may yeah. replace it with won't or don't, but I don't like to use the word can't. It's feeding to me. And listen, I don't swim. Why? I don't know how doesn't mean I can't swim. I guess if I got tossed in, I'd learn real quick. I don't want to find out. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> mm-hmm. I never say, oh, you know, I can't swim. I really can't. Yeah. But that doesn't yeah. mean anything to me because if I have to, I darn well will. Yeah, you'll figure out a way. You know, it's really amazing when, when we're in situations. We figure out ways, don't we? Um, mm-hmm. we, are, we are very, um, very uh, uh, adept at, at, at adapting adept at adapting that's the word yeah but it's really it's it's amazing it's amazing what we can do if we if we choose because you know i i talk to people all the time and it's like we always do what we want to do we may say that we want to do something but and and if we don't do it then 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 we really didn't want to do that right we always do what we want to do so why not put it out there right and that's the difference between you know Okay, you know, this year for New Year's, I'm going to do this. No, you're not. You didn't do it the last four years. It's not really a goal. It's not really a, I'm going to do this. It's not a destination that you're heading down. It's just a, oh, well, yeah, sounds good. It looks good. I'm going to do that. No, you're not. Get over it. No. Well, that's one of the things that I that I work with people on, both individually and in groups. Is one of the things that we work on is, you know, it's it's the overarching question of life, as far as I'm concerned, is what do you want? I mean, what do you really, really, really want? And and when you get down to what you really, really want, that goes back to the statement, you know, when you when you're when you're crystal clear on what you want, your yeses are stronger and your noes are easier. 
because it's you'll know what's on your path and you'll know what's not. And so when I know what I really, really want, when I'm on it, when I'm in my zone and I know what it is that I want, then somebody can come up to me and say, oh, you can do this and this and this. And it's like, that's really great. But that's not on my path. So I can say no graciously and, and be kind in my, in my no and keep on my path. Because the more successful you get, the more distracted you're going to be because people are attracted to success and they want, they'll want your time and they'll want your focus. It's like when I we talk about um, I'm, I teach mental fitness at the Polk Institute. Well, they Tim, the COO, approached me at a keynote that I was giving, and he said, "You know, you'd be I like what you're saying about mindset and all this kind of stuff. We need a facilitator to teach mental fitness." And everything that he said was so in line with my path that that yes was so easy it was ridiculous. It's like yes, I'm in. I didn't even have to think about it because it's on my path. And you'll see a lot of CEOs, they make very quick when they know what it is that they're doing, when they know what it is that they want, whatever their bottom line is. And so when you're, when you're crystal clear on what you, know, what you want, your yeses are stronger and your noes are easier. That happened to me yesterday. I mean, in a heartbeat yeah. it happened. And I knew it was coming at some level and I wasn't surprised and I said, I think I yelled yes. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. Right. Listen, I am in Chapter 3 of your book, Rescue to Recovery, and you talk about how we function. And, you know, we're going back to that you're a physiotherapist. Uh-huh. And you say, mm-hmm. I specialized in scar tissue. Scar tissue is a big deal. Let's go back to that mm-hmm. because I didn't know. Yeah. And I'm fascinated by this, and I think our guests need to know a bit more. I mean, our, our audience, rather. Yeah. Um, well, scar tissue therapy, it's interesting. Statistically speaking, I'm, I'm kind of a stats freak, um, 90% of the pain in our body and lack of mobility is due to scar tissue. Okay, so that's just let that sink in for just a second. Think about the pains that you have in your body. Think about the things that, that hurt. 90% of that is due to scar tissue. So, and I've had so many clients and patients that have come to me and it's like, uh, you know, I can't lift my, my arm up over my head. I can't, I can barely get it to shoulder height. And, you know, I say, well, you, you've got probably some frozen shoulder issues. It's probably soft tissue, this and this. And they go, oh, it can't be. It's got to be something terrible. They go get x-rays and MRI and guess what? It's soft tissue because they're scar tissue because they had an injury. 90% of the pain in, in lack of mobility in the body is due to scar tissue. So if I can address the scar tissue in the body and get you more and more mobility. Imagine now translating how many, how, how, what's the percentage of scar tissue in our emotions and our heart that's keeping us from, you fill in the blank, keeping us from a fulfilled relationship, keeping us from an amazing job, keeping us from the dream that we've always wanted, keeping us from the, 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 whatever because the pain and the immobility in our heart and th- that could keep me awake for forever no kidding because it did it to me it did it to me it kept me playing small the dis-ease of playing small right so it's a difference right. between disease and dis-ease which I dis-ease. totally that's what the word is it's yeah. Exactly. So, so, so think about it. When but you have to break doing, it down into it, some, its component parts and go. Oh. Yeah, but yeah, I'm I'm a wordsmither. I love I love words. Um, but it's it's interesting because if you if you if you have something that you want to do, you know something that you're going to do, and you don't do it, there's a discomfort. If there's something there that you've been wanting to do forever, and you just shy away, you back away. There's a discomfort. There's a dis-ease. Well, that's what happens when we play small, when we know that there's more. And not to say that everybody has this huge grand dream. I know people in my life that they're perfectly happy right where they are. They have no discomfort whatsoever. And, and God bless them. Um, but there are many, many people that are not playing as fully as they possibly can. And I take that as an athlete because I'm an athlete. When I'm injured, I can't play full out. Something's holding me back. Well, what is holding us back from the greatness of our life, from the fullness of our life, 
whether it be the fullness of our relationships or the fullness, and that's where I really saw it, was I was not participating deeply in my relationships. Um, Brene Brown, I, I love what she says about vulnerability. You know, it's, it's where connection begins. When we allow people to see us and we see them fully, that's where connection begins. And that's what we, that's where, when we don't have that, it's because we're holding back. We're not allowing people to see us. And I didn't allow people to see my traumas for decades. And therefore, nobody really knew me. And that's Is painful. that a point of, and yeah, no kidding. Been there, done there, still do, doing it, still doing it. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Is it a matter of, you know, we're supposed to show up and, and be strong and healthy and beautiful and nobody can no. see our warts? What is that all about? Yeah, well, that's... Well, it's 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 protection because of, uh, I'm I'm guessing it's a, it's a it's a self-preservation because we think we'll be judged and it could very well be because we were at some point in time, you know. I mean, I, I, I my grandparents were very very key in my life and I, I my grandmother I used to say was my best friend and when I was 14 years old I remember a conversation she and I had and she's like what do you want to do when you grow up and I'm like really you know somebody's asking me really. And, I, and she goes, really? And I go, really, really? Because, you know, when you're 14, you really, really, really need to know. And, uh, and I said, really, really, really? And she goes, yeah. And I said, I want to be a writer. And she goes, oh, you'll starve. What do you really want to do? Oh. Okay? Yeah. God. Yeah. So yeah, golly. Okay. Me and it was all, it, but it wasn't, it wasn't in, you know, meanness or malice. It was her own fear. She grew up in the Depression. You got to do something that's gonna that's gonna help you survive. Writers don't survive. Well, she's speaking from her own experience or from what she believes, but not not a truth. And it took forty more years for me to actually write a book. Things that are suggested, right? That was just a suggestion. Oh, you'll starve. What do you really want to do? So that suggestion grew into a complete block of what I know I'm here to do. How did you overcome that? Uh, was there any point I went through therapy. where you went, okay, now I see what, yeah, what happened there. I'm yeah, going to fix it. Well, yeah. Well, no, what happened was is I actually really started realizing that I was there, – uh, there comes that time when the pain of not doing what it is you're called to do is greater than the pain of sitting where you are, the, you know, the pain of change uh, – they they overcome each other, right? The the fear of doing something is is less than the fear of the of the pain of what's going on inside. And so I got to the point where it's like I I'm bursting. I I have to do this. And then I, I had a writing coach and we sat down and I couldn't. I sat there with a blank page and I couldn't I couldn't access those pains. I couldn't access anything. And that's when I really realized it's like okay something's seriously wrong here. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I write, I've written poetry and I've written lyrics and I've written, you know, all kinds of things all my life. And now I can't access something. The world has, my world has gotten so small that I can't access those things. Okay. I have a choice now. I can stay in this pain. I can stay in the smallness of what I'm doing and just continue on what I'm doing. But the pain was greater. And, and so I had to step into something that scared me to death, which was therapy, because I was afraid that if I started to tap into some of those uh, pains, that I may never recover. I may never be a, a functioning person in society. That's what I truly believed. I, I believed I was so broken that I, I couldn't be fixed. And I had to press through that pain and that fear to get to the other side so I could play bigger. And it's a choice. And the amazing thing is, is that all those all those, you know, suggestions that are in your head, oh, you'll die, oh, this and oh, that, those are literally, I, I call them, the, you know, the, the, the devil talk and just saying, you can never do this. Just, just sit down. And there's something inside you goes, no, no, there's more. There is more and I want more. I want more in my life. Even if it's just a, a little bit more, I want it. And so then I decided I, I, need, I, need to, I need to pull up my big girl pants and I need to go talk to somebody. And the, the, the amazing thing is it wasn't this big bad wolf. It wasn't this terrible thing. It was amazing how quickly things started to un, unwind and how quickly freedom came. 
because I was a prisoner in my own pain. I mean, you know, it's 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 prison. It's it's a it's a self self inflicted prison. I understand that. Listen, I everybody knows I am a highly committed introvert. I try not to get around more than three people. That's just two people for me. Um, yeah, and I, that's a lot it's of not that I it is. Uh, yeah, and I don't dislike people at all. And I'm not even close yeah. to shy. In fact, I have no filters. But right. I live in my own created energy, which is to be an introvert. But I'm aware that I could become not lonely. I've never been well. I've been lonely when I was married, but after that. Not lonely anymore, <laughs> right? It's been a whole different world, eh? But the thing is, I recognized fairly early on that I could not just, you know, be a hermit with a cat on my my lap, sitting on a rocker with a bottle of gin, shooting at kids. I just can't do. <laughs> get off the grass. <laughs> I can't do. It's rude. Get off the grass. Yeah, get off the grass. But I discovered with this podcast more than anything else that I've ever done that I get to meet people like you from all over the world. And my world has exponentially widened and gotten richer and deeper. So this find is, a way. You can call. be an introvert and call. not. Yeah. Yep, that's right. You can be yeah. an introvert but not be lonely and not be isolated. You can Absolutely. do it. Yeah, it's a personality type. And, it, and, and there's, you know, it's like we... Er, Jim Rohn is a great philosopher. It passed a while back, but you know, he, one of his great statements that I would hear and hear and hear, and until I realized, you know, that I was dealing with a lot of trauma, until I got through some of that stuff. Each of us needs all of us. We really do need each other. We need, and, and it's not like we need each other necessarily in our presence. I don't need ten people around me all the time. No, but, you know, I, I'm happy with a cat next to me, but but we need each other because. It's that it's that we can be people. You you are a megaphone for people. You are you give voices uh, amplification, and that's a huge thing. You know you don't have to be an extrovert to do that. You can do that in your home. That's the beautiful thing about one of the beautiful things about technology. There's some pretty devilish things about it, but there's some really great things about it. And so we don't have to be anybody other than ourselves. That's the beauty of the game here. I mean, that's the beauty of, of everything in this life is everybody, there is space for everyone. There is space for all of us to speak. There are, and our voices and our stories are so necessary because somebody is going to listen to you, but not everybody. Somebody's going to listen to me, but not everybody. But somebody can say the exact same thing that I say, and somehow other people resonate with them. That's awesome. But let's all let's speak and let's let's let us all be you know heard because it's super super important. And you know what I find, Tracy? There really are no new hmm. ideas. There really aren't. You know, no. everything that we read and hear and learn has been said or done before. It's just True. going to land in our psyche when it needs to. Whoever it yeah, is. And I might spin it one way. I might say it one way and somebody goes, oh, that makes sense. I mean, there's been things that people have said for years to me, and it's like I didn't even necessarily hear it. And then one person says it one way that, that just perks my ears, and I'm going, oh, that's what that is. You know, right. Just, it, I do the same. We hear things when we're ready. You, you know, and, and it's funny. I've got, I'm, I'm a sailor, and uh, and uh I have a friend who's an amazing sailor, and we, we would go back and forth from Catalina Island. We're in California. And one time we're coming back, and I'm learning, learning how to sail from her. And I'm trying to find the gate, you know, the, the, where, where we go into the harbor. And I can't see it, you know. We're pretty far away. And she just, just God bless her in her amazingly philosophical way, she goes, well, you'll see it when you see it. <laughs> I'm like, right. Oh, my God. That's, exactly That's freaking right. brilliant. And, you know, and it's just like, it's just, you'll see it when you see it. It's just like such a simple statement, but that's life. You're going to see it when you see it. And you'll probably see it a little faster if you're seeking, if you're looking for it. Right, right. So, but it's pretty, pretty fascinating stuff. Listen, you were talking about, oh, I want it. I know what I wanted to ask you. I scribbled it down. Mm-hmm. Lucid dreamer. Yeah. I am definitely a lucid dreamer. We're talking about books. I'm writing oh, yeah. one. It's a oh, pain in the fanny, but I'm it. doing it. Oh, me too. It is a discipline. It is a discipline, <laughs> yes. 
and there is that. But the thing about lucid dreaming, and I can turn it on, turn it off. And I've actually yeah. got caught in lucid dreams where I've had to wake myself up, get up, and walk away, mm-hmm. change the channel, and then I go back to sleep yeah, and darn it, I'm right back in. It doesn't work. Yeah. I can't change the channel. But I have written amazing books when I'm sleeping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, what I have, well, I, what I, I started with was a epic blank sheet mm-hmm. of paper. And yeah. I had to really discipline, start writing. Yeah, writing them down because you'll lose mm-hmm. them. My, uh, my writing coach, she calls it the mouse in the house. You've got to catch it when it's out. And, uh, and it's, it's so true because, and, and I keep, you know, I have a, a I, I do a lot of recording. I wrote a lot of my book, Driving. Uh, there's a great book called The Artist Way, and it teaches how artists create and some of the things that, that trigger it. And driving is one of them. It's that drone of the, the wheels. I, I don't listen to the radio when I'm driving. I just listen to what's going on in my head. And I keep my phone near because I'll record what, what, I'm, what I'm thinking. And I do that. Uh, I'll wake up with, with thoughts like that or, or statements or, or things that I, I need to expand on. And I'll, I'll literally wake up from a, a lucid dream or just in that little space before or just before you go to bed or just after you wake up. And I'll, I'll record that stuff. And it's funny because I'll go back and I'll listen. It's like, I don't even remember that because I no, caught the mouse when it was out of the house. I right. caught the mouse. you got to catch the mouse, otherwise it's just like. You do. Yeah. You do. I didn't yeah. mean to interrupt. This is just no, too easy okay. to talk with you. I have a, a habit of turning before. I, I don't sleep well. I really don't. I catnap. I may sleep two, three hours, and then I'm up. I may go yeah. make a gumbo. I've been known to do it. I may vacuum. Oh, that's I awesome. may Go sit on the front porch and, you know, look for stars. And who knows what I'm going to yeah. do. Or I may actually be able to go back to sleep for a little bit. It's hit and miss. But, yeah. and I don't care. I've done this all my life. I'm not an insomniac. I just don't need a lot of sleep yeah. so far at this right. point in my life. And I, when I know that I'm about to actually fall asleep, and it may be one in the mm-hmm. morning. It often is. Mm-hmm. I will turn over whatever it was that, you know, I couldn't quite get a grab of during the mm-hmm. day and I'll turn it over to my subconscious for review out loud everything's out loud yeah and I yeah. wake up Tracy I swear to you 318 I've had friends call me are you awake yep 318 yep. the answer pops <laughs> into my head I have to you know grab a pad of paper I don't like to keep my phone near yeah. me and write it down because if I don't it's gone it's gone it's gone you got to catch the mouse Right. I love that. I'm going to go read yeah. that book. I wanted yeah. to get back because I'm really mm-hmm. fascinated by what you're talking about, scar tissue therapy. Uh, this is something mm-hmm. I've never heard of. So tell us about that. Well, it, it's interesting. Uh, so we, went, we talked about the stat that 90% of uh, lack of movement and pain is due to scar tissue. And so I had uh, I had a, a, a tore my, for lack of better terms or, or ease of layman, I, I had a, a rotator cuff tear. It was very severe on my shoulder. And so the doctor that I was working with at the time, um, you know, I did, I did the regular PT stuff. I did ultrasound exercises, did a few other things. And, you know, after about nine months, I was about 75% there, still pain, didn't quite have full range of motion. And I looked at the doctor and I said, there has got to be something else out there. Ultrasound is 100 years old. I mean, there's, somebody had to come up with something other than ultrasound. And so we actually went looking. Interesting. You start looking, you find. And um, we found this thing, this machine uh, called Rapid Release, and it's pretty amazing. And it works on frequency. And, and you're going to find more and more, and it's, there's more and more out there, there's a lot of frequency therapies out there now, um, if you're looking, um, more so than there ever has been. And, and it's interesting because I forget who it was. It might have been Einstein, might have been somebody else that said, you know, the, the, the healing of the future will be in frequencies um, because he believes that everything has a frequency. And so I'm using a machine that, that uh, its frequency reorganizes confused tissue. And so oh. scar tissue, yeah, scar tissue is just confused tissue. When you injure something, um, and the way that I explain it to, to patients is uh, soft tissue, muscles, uh, ligaments, tendons, they, they contract and they relax. That's their job. They're like big, long strings 
and they're, they're stringy and they are supposed to be in alignment. When you have an injury, they get out of alignment, they get confused, they get knotted up like a, like a ball of uh, string. Well, you've got to unwind it to release it. And you'll see a lot of massage therapists, they do what they call myofascial release or they do uh, cross fiber work. They're trying to realign the fibers. Well, what happens with this machine, and it does it very quickly, um, it through vibrational frequency, it actually reorganizes the confused tissue, which is scar tissue, and as if the injury really was never there. And it doesn't do it fast. Well, it does pretty fast. I mean, considered what ultrasound is, it's much faster. But, you know, it's not a one and done. It usually takes about anywhere from six to eight, 12 treatments, depending upon how old and how bad the injury was. But it can, it can take a lot of treatments, but usually by people feel relief within the first treatment. We know we're going the right direction. I had no idea about this. Now, I'm familiar with, yeah, I use a fascia blaster, Ashley Black. Uh-huh. I mean, I've got all of her little tools. I love those things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, you're taking, it sounds bizarre, but you're taking basically sounds, some pieces of, but it works. You're taking some pieces of plastic and you're rubbing your body with them. Of course, you have to, you know, oil on them. And I'm telling you, I mean, my hip hurts a lot all the time, largely because I'm sitting and I'm, you know, sitting improperly. And when it gets to the point where I'm like, okay, son of a biscuit, that hurt. I head from a shower and I blast the heck out of it. And I'm back in my desk within 30 minutes going, that helped. So, you know, know, you're talking about aligning it. Yeah, that's just, yeah. that's that that aligns it. The problem, the only problem that I have with those, um, and it, the only problem I have with those is because they they tend to do a little bit of superficial damage. So when really? you're scraping, they're they're called scrapers, um, and and you're well, you have to you have a, a system called your capillaries. All your little, you know, in your in your vascular system, you've got mm. capillaries, and they sit on the surface, and you can damage those, and that's a big part of the healing process is the circulation. Well, if you damage the capillaries, you know, foam rollers do that. I, lo- I, I think foam rollers are cool, but you shouldn't do something too hard because you don't want to damage the capillaries. What mm, this gotcha. does is it, it goes right through the healthy tissue without damaging it. It's a frequency. So it's not, it's not about pressure. It's about vibration. And so what this does, and it's not like a massager. It's very different. It's just tuned differently. But it, it goes through all the stuff that, that is healthy and it goes straight to the scar tissue, the issue, and it reorganizes it. So it's much less no painful. Idea. Yeah, it's much less painful than the scrapers. Scrapers can be pretty pretty painful. And you have to because, be careful you know, with them. Pain is an indi- you do. Well, pain is an indicator that something's wrong, right? So if, right. if there's pain, something's wrong. Fascinating. I'm going to have to go look mm-hmm. more into this tool that you're talking about. And we're talking about frequencies, too. And because I do yeah. have a sleep issue, I've, my mother said she would find me when I was two or three years old in her closet tying my mm. father's shoes together. Apparently, I didn't like him very much, but <laughs> and I, I actually didn't, as it turns out. But, you know, she would find me in the weirdest places. All, she finally just got to the point where she made sure the windows were locked couldn't get out, which made sense. It's like, Mom, I want to go outside. No, it's midnight. No, no. no. Yeah, not, not right now. <laughs> but, but the thing with frequencies, I will use frequencies for sleeping. You know, there's different uh-huh. hurts yeah. that you can listen to yep. for meditation. For different things. Yep. They're out there. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, and it's real. It's very real. Uh, two people that I, that I, Albert Einstein, huge on frequencies. And another guy named Royal Rife that there's a lot of controversy around him, but but um, he was on he was on to something pretty amazing stuff. Now, I've never heard of him. Where do I find him? Well, it's difficult because uh, he has been um, somewhat obliterated from history uh, because he he spent all he spent a huge amount of time literally uh, seeking the frequencies for every ailment. And so, oh. uh, yeah. Uh, so you know, when natural healers aren't really welcome in this world these days. No, they're um, not. Yeah. So uh, yeah, he was, and this was in the 1930s, 1940s. But but you can you can do some research on uh, his name is uh, Royal R 
R-O-Y-A-L, Royal Rife, R-I-F-E. And um, it's kind of hard to find stuff on the Internet, and if you do, it's usually very negative. But, uh, you know, that's kind of how it is with natural healers. So take it for what it is. And listen, I'm one of those people. I haven't been to a doctor in years, years, years. I just... yeah. I didn't get COVID. I didn't wear a mask. I didn't get the shot. I trust in my immune system. And it just never occurred to me that anything icky would happen to me, and it didn't. Well, I spent spent the last 35 years plus building up my immune system because when I got out of the Coast Guard, I, I didn't. I, I called the VA and um, they said you didn't have, I, they, they told me I didn't have any benefits. And I'm like, well, I serve my country. I'm pretty sure I do. But I, I realized I learned from somebody else that the 1987, 88, 89, they were pretty messed up. A friend of mine, he's a vet. He said, I'm really surprised they even answered the phone in 1989. But um, so I decided, I made a choice that I'm going to have to take care of myself. I'm not going to get these benefits. I'm not going to be able to get any kind of medical benefits. Certainly wouldn't, you know, because I was very depressed then. And so I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to have to figure out this for myself. So a lot of the things that I teach are things that I figured out in the midst of, you know, trying to help myself get out of depression. And one of the amazing things, one tool that I want to give your your audience is that exercise is eight times more effective against depression than any medication on the market to date exercise what it releases in the body is amazing so um, you know somebody calls it the happy the happy hormones are released when you exercise and so um, and so I did everything I could I exercised I I did supplements I I, you know tried to figure out how to sleep even though that was very difficult for me so anything that I could do to build up my own immune system was was kind of on my plate same here and you know I mean Go for a walk. Take your dog for a walk. You can go into a walking yeah. meditation while you're at it. I yeah, bought a hula right. hoop not too long ago. I didn't awesome. play with a hula hoop when I was a kid because I'm not all that graceful. Surprise, I know. Yeah. But I, I'm just not. And I have been it's hula great hooping. Movement. It's fun. And, you know, yeah. I'll take my hula hoop outside under my pecan trees, and I'm out there, and I drop it, and I say bad words, and then I pick it up, and I start all yeah. over again. And I'm getting better at it, but it's fun. It's fun. And you need fun. It goes back to that joy. Well, fun, joy equals strength. I mean, it's just it, – it, I, I, tell, I tell a lot of people the things – I'm not a rocket scientist, you know. I, I, was a, I was an athlete, and, you know, I write and, and, and I read. But it's not rocket science. It's, it's simple. It's not necessarily easy, but it is simple. You know, things that we do to, to help ourselves are fairly simple, but they're not necessarily easy. But once we make a choice, once we decide that this is the direction I'm going, it's the decision that's it's, it's getting to the decision that's the hardest part. That 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 place in between of oh do I do this or do I do that? That's the suffering. Once you make the decision, everything gets much easier because you're moving in a direction. You know, one of my favorite things is that you can't steer a parked car. I mean, you got to get moving. Oh, right. I don't think I've you know? heard that before. Love it. That's one of my you favorites. You also can't turn you can't, the can't, steering wheel. You can't. You can't. You cannot steer a parked car. You've got yeah. to be moving. So, so even if you're going in the wrong direction, at least you're in motion. And you realize once you're moving towards something, you can go. Oh, that's really not where I wanted to go. So turn. You know, you you can turn because you're moving. You can. And listen, I find my nav system all the time she is not the boss of me and i get lost <laughs> right. all the time and i have no sense of direction in fact it's so bad that my dentist will leave me out just so i can go pay my bill because i'll get lost in oh, the corridors great. i'll wander yeah. around forever <laughs> but, but yeah, i, tell, I, tell I can like, get I can turned around the world yeah oh, i can I navigate can around the world but i can get but i can get lost in a mall because i get inside <laughs> and everything looks the same it's like ah I know. It's listen. We yeah. are just about out of time. This has been the fastest sixty minutes. Um, wow. Tracy, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at my website www.rescuetorecovery.com. Um, I'm on Facebook, uh, Tracy Brown underscore official. I'm on Insta, same thing, Tracy Brown underscore official. 
and um, and or they can go if they go to my website, you can find my link tree. Uh, it's there too. So I'm at Linktree TB Consulting. And your book is on Amazon, yeah? It is on Amazon. I tell people to, I don't like feeding the beast these days. So I, I, you can get it on my website. And if you go to my website and get it, you can get a signed copy. Um, I don't charge more for it. Uh, I charge the same that Amazon does. I took pictures of the wonderful note that you put in the book for me. And I'm going to, I already put it out on social media. Tracy, Thank you. Thank you for the book. Thank you for the delightful conversation. I have got stuff I need to go study. And it's <laughs> thank, thank you I'm for curious. the amplification of these voices. I appreciate you so much, Denise. Oh, thank you. It's been wonderful speaking with you, and I'm so glad we made it through the entire hour because, you know, I really wanted to chat with you on Monday, but this was better as it turns out. Go figure. You know, so, everything works out, doesn't it? It does. Listen, I thank you for all of the terrific tips and the advice that you shared with our audience, and I encourage the audience to go find Tracy, get her book, and just follow her around. She's got amazing tips and advice and wisdom, learned wisdom. Yeah, and, so before, and uh, you know, I love to do speaking. I love to do speaking engagements. So if anybody needs a speaker, I love to do that. Uh, corporate groups or you know anything, I love to do that. And go look for the Polk Institute. They have been, most everybody oh. in that group has been here on the podcast. They do amazing it's work amazing. Polk, P-O-L-K. Polk Institute, Polk. yeah, and it's basically right. social entrepreneurial uh, training. It's a master class, and it's tuition-free. So look it up. They have cohorts every year, and uh, it's an amazing, amazing space. I, I really appreciate the Polk Institute, P-O-L-K-Institute.org. Excellent. Well, listen, before we say goodbye, I would like to remind our audience to be sure to look for us on iTunes. Honestly, anywhere else you consume your business podcast, we're in Audible, Stitcher. The truth is you can't throw a stick on the Internet without hitting your partner in Success Radio. So find mm-hmm. us and take us along on your success journey. Tracy, thank you so much. Thank you, Denise. Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, contact Denise Griffiths at yourofficeontheweb.com and go to the podcast tab. 